Today, I want to talk about what it means to really recognize the shepherd. Um, we talked about it last week, but do we really recognize it when he's there in our everyday life? Do we see him in the, in the, in the mundane, in the ugly, even in the, the good, in the bad, in the whatever? Do you see the shepherd in your life? And if you don't, maybe it's because you're You've wandered off a little too far away, and you need to get back under his hand, and you need to get back under his, his will and start recognizing that he is your shepherd. And as I talked about last week, that means you recognize your sheep. And when you do that, you, it, it's, not, it, it's not a good thing sometimes. To me, it's humbling. Um, the only thing good that people say about sheep is they're cute sometimes. Uh, guys, we don't like to hear that. I, I don't want to just be cute. I want to be, you know like a bear or something, but no, I'm a sheep, which means I have to, the only way anything good comes from me is being under his hand, understanding what it means to, to, uh, to live um, for my Savior, for my Lord. And so we're going to look at some New Testament names for God today. We're going to go through the 23rd Psalm. It's funny because I was, once again, I thought I knew exactly what I was going to preach on today. I thought, all right, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. And then um, I was praying and I felt, well, maybe I don't have it. Anybody ever have those moments? And so I was like, all right, Lord, just show me. And then um, I prayed and I, I went to this body of text and started reading it. And then lo and behold, I looked up and, and Jeff had posted that same scripture on, on his Facebook page. And I was like, all right, I'm listening. Gotcha. So we're going to go through the 23rd Psalm today because I think we're supposed to. So um, there's a song out by Maverick City um, Singers that goes like this. Jaira, you're enough. Oh, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Jaira, you're enough. I will, I will be content even in this. In every circumstance, Jaira, you are enough. I will be content in every circumstance. Jaira, you're enough. I'm famous in my father's eyes. He knows my name. Right? Do we live like that, though? Do we live like he, he is our gyre. He's our Lord. He is our everything. If we don't, maybe today we need to find out what we need to do to get better at that. What can we do to walk closer to him? How do we see Jesus in all these things? Will you pray with me? Father, I love you. I can't begin to thank you enough. I thank you for the way you love us. I thank you for the way you put up with us. I thank you for everyone here. Lord, may we just breathe you in, breathe you out. May we hear your word being preached, and may we get excited about it. May we know, God, that you're doing something beyond any of us, and may we um, look for you. May we look for you even when we don't understand what's going on. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray, and all God's people say. Romans 12, um, 1 through 2 says this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life. That's the message, by the way, in case you haven't figured that out already. It's a little different. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to the culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what God wants you to do and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. And all God's people say, see, God's word is important. 
And I think we need to understand, and I like the way the message translates this because we need to take our everyday um, walking around ordinary life and, and offer it before God. And when we do that, it changes, it changes everything. Um, for me, I know there are things that I couldn't even imagine God doing, but it's all about finding the right direction. Zig Ziglar said this, lack of direction, not lack of time is the problem. We all have 24 hours a day. So what are you doing with it? Are you seeing the shepherd? Are you seeing him in just whatever happens and getting frustrated with your kids? How many of you have gotten frustrated with your kids in the last two weeks? Some of you are older and you're still getting, I was hoping that wouldn't happen. Um, We all have times where we have to understand that no matter what happens at the end of the day, I'm going to love Jesus. Even when all you know what goes crazy, things don't um, make sense, I've still got to trust God. We've lived in the last two years where a pandemic has, has just rocked our world for some of us. And the reality is um, nothing can rock our world if God's the rock of our world. You, you catching that? Seriously, because God's teaching me that every day. He is the rock of my world. He is the one. Nothing can come at me because I got my Jesus. And if I got my Jesus, I got everything. And that's, that's it right there. So Romans 12 kind of puts it right there. Place it before God as an offering. What if we literally, to, we, don't, we don't pass plates around here. <laughs> uh, some churches do. We don't. I kind of like that we don't. But when, what would happen if we passed a plate, just say for, for an offering, if someone actually just stepped inside that plate and said, this is what I'm giving? What if we started living like that? What if we placed our everyday whatever life before God as a living thusia, the book of Romans calls that, offering? We need to get that all to him and watch what he does. There's a song by Maverick City Music. Um, It's a worship song that I've been listening to a lot. And sometimes some of the best thoughts that God gives me is through worship. And I love our worship here. I love to sing and, and let Jesus just take all of it. And there's a song right now that says, Jaira, you are enough. Oh, yes, you are. Jaira, you are enough. I will be content even in this. In every circumstance, Jaira, you are enough. I will be content in every circumstance. Jaira, you are enough. Famous in my father's eyes, he knows my name. Right? Amen. See, I, God knows my name. He knows Dave's calf. Sometimes I, I, I wish he didn't. Right? Let's be honest. Let's be t- There's something I'm like, oh, man, he knows my name. And sometimes I need to kick myself in the butt and start straightening up and start looking for him in places where people can see him in my life. Is God showing up in your life today? And if not, who's the problem, is it? I, I love you, but it's not his. I tell you that with grace. I tell you that with kindness. You need to start straightening up. I think we all do. So what we're going to do to understand the shepherd is we're going to look at some of the Old Testament names that we see in the Bible that, are, that, are, that he is called. And as we look at some of those names, we kind of put that into our, our, our life and start looking for these places in our life where God shows up. For example, um, we're going to go through the 23rd Psalm. Um, we'll start in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. <laughs> How many of you wishes your kids had said that before Christmas? <laughs> yeah, then, yeah I, I wish I could teach them that. Um, sometimes I wish I could teach myself that. 
Because, well, if I just get that little bit nicer this or a little bit fancier that or a little bit better this. And that's what happens with our society. We're never satisfied with what gives us, what he gives us. We're never satisfied or content with what the Father has given you. And so I need to understand who he is. Um, one translation says, I like nothing. I shall not be in one. The, the word I want to talk about is Jehovah Jireh, and that means the Lord will provide. Does he? See, some of us, we want to say amen there, but sometimes we get skeptical. Anybody ever get skeptical? Yeah, just, okay, not very many of you. That's great. <laughs> Altar call is going to be short this week. It's all good. It's all good. When I understand that I don't need a thing. That's the message translates that first verse is, God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. When you recognize that he's the provider of all the things you need, you don't need anything because you got God and God's enough. So I guess the first question I want to ask this morning, is God enough? Is he enough for everything you do in the way that you love him? Is he enough? Is he enough with with the kids that you have? Is he enough with the, the car or fancy car or not so fancy car that you have? Is he enough with the house you have? Is he enough? See, what happens, we say, well, if I just get one more with this. Nope, he's enough, period. Can, can you do that? Can you put that period and say, God, you're enough. You're enough for everything I want. Genesis 22, verse 14. Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it will, pre, it will be provided. So you have Abraham, and he's there, and he's getting ready to sacrifice his son. And all of a sudden, God says, no, I'll give you a lamb. And he does that, right? And he did that for us. See the imagery? He gave us a lamb. He gave us the perfect lamb. And the thing is, I don't think sometimes we recognize that the Lord has provided. The blood is enough. God has provided everything you'll ever need in Jesus Christ. He's the hope. He's the peace. He's everything we're going to talk about this, this morning. And as we kind of learn more about our shepherd, I'm just asking you, is he providing what you really need? Not what you want. <laughs> if we did what we want, we'd all be in trouble, right? But what I need, what I need. The next thing I want to talk about is God is my peace. <sighs> right? Sometimes we want to have peace, but we, we let this world beat us up. How many of you watch the news and you tend to want to panic sometimes? And you want to get fearful and you want to worry and you want to think, oh, what's going to happen to my kids? Ultimately, at the end of the day, I think the only place any of us can go is, God, you got this. No matter what happens to me tomorrow, if I take my last breath this second, God, you got this. I'm going to trust you in this. I'm going to give you everything I need so I can just let it go and let you be my peace. Um, Psalm 23, verse 2 he lets me lie down in green pastures. Now, I got to be honest. When I was reading that, that didn't sound as exciting to me as it does some people. Um, I, I immediately start itching. Anybody else? I sneeze. I get, yeah. <laughs> I know. Pray for me. Um, but if you think of it, I, thought, I always thought this would be a good golf 
you know, green pastures, and anyway. He leads me beside quiet waters. That's more like my golf game there. Um, those who are golfers got that one. You explain it to everybody else later. What I never really noticed there, though, is I always hear water, and I think water is peaceful for me. The ocean is peaceful. I think I love it. But it doesn't just say waters. It says, what kind of waters are they? We don't like silence sometimes. See? You're like, come on, Dave, say something. And that was only, what, 10 seconds maybe? Sometimes we just need to take a deep breath and see how still God can make things, how peaceful he can give you everything you ever needed if you just let him. The peace that he gives is always enough. Amen? So you got Gideon, and if you know a lot about Gideon, the the one thing I love about Gideon was I think the last thing I probably would have said about him was that a guy that was peaceful, that had peace, until you you realize that the only way that he could have it was through God. He was kind of, I think, a little bit of a nervous guy. I do. I think if you you study the judges, he was always like, are you sure, God? Are you sure, God? Anybody like that? Are are you a positive God? That's that's Gideon. And then it says in Judges 6.24, so Gideon built an altar um, to the Lord there and called it, the Lord is peace. I don't think he said, are you sure, God? He just said, yes, you are. Is Jesus your peace as you go into this new year? And if he's not, it's a good, good goal. All these are goals. I, resolutions scare me. Can I get in the game? Because we always say, well, I'm going to resolve to do this for seven days. And then, yeah, and then we, 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 we miss it. And don't get me wrong. There's, there's good things to do. I think the best resolution you can have this year is say, I'm going to resolve to love Jesus more. Watch it. I'm telling you, great things will happen. You'll be surprised. You'll be excited because the God of peace will get you through this. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace. Man, it's funny because in in, um, Old Testament times, even today, Shalom, it means peace to you. Peace. When was the last time you let God give you peace and you took it? and you received it, and you thanked him for it? When was the last time you, you challenged him and you were worried about something and you panicked? I think the latter's more often than the first part. I want to be able to find peace um, with my Jesus because the Lord is peace. So where do you need peace in your, fam- in your life? Is it your finances? Is it your family? Is it the people that you, you deal with? How many of you deal with people that you don't like? <laughs> just, and how many of them are your kids? I'm just, no, I'm joking. <laughs> but um, my kids are here. They love that one. That was a good one, Dave. Here's the thing. No matter what, if you ask God for it, I believe he gives it to you. If you just watch what he does. There's things in my life that I know that I've asked him to give me peace, and it wasn't the way I thought he would do it. Anybody else like that? I thought, man, if he just listened to me, right? No. Because if he'd listened to me, I'd have it done the way Dave wants it, not the way the Lord wants it. And the only way you'll get peace is knowing it's the way that the Lord wants it to be done. 
See the silence? You guys, you get it. God is my healer. That's the next one. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Psalm 23 says, he refreshes my soul. My soul, that's the inside. That's every part of me. So I'm asking you this, this morning as we're, as we're talking, as we're, as we're thinking about the names of God, is he Jehovah Rapha? Is he the Lord who heals? Is he the Lord that, that not just heals your physical, but your emotional? We live in a time where emotional health is going nuts. People are struggling. People are frustrated. People are overwhelmed. People are tired. And I believe part of that is they just haven't let God be their healer. Um, it kind of follows in direction with all the things we're talking about. If he's my peace, he can also heal me of wounds. I think part of it, and I, and I believe this, and we'll talk even more about this later, but we haven't let God heal us from our past. Some of you got past that's eating you alive. And I want to be transparent about it today. Jesus has forgiven you. But you know that sin, right? That sin, when, 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 when something happens, when that smell, when that thought, when that person, it just eats you up. And you go to that place, and you forget that healing power that God gave you to get through it in the first place. God healed me of that. He's healed me of my past. So I got to keep it back there. We're going to talk more about that at the end. But I want to challenge you to really ask God to help you to let him be um, your healer. Exodus 15, verse 26. He said, I will carefully obey the Lord our, your God. Do what is right in his sight. Pay attention to his commands and keep all his um, statues. I will not inflict any illness on you that I inflicted on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. There's a lot there. And it cracks me up. Um, if you will carefully obey the Lord, uh, we don't like that word because it means obedience. We like it when it's our dog, but not necessarily when it's us. Right? Let's be honest. We struggle being people who are obedient to God's word. That means we have to follow what he says. We believe his word's the answer. We're going to live it out loud. And the question I ask you today, are you living it out loud? Are you seeing it? Um, are you a person who has experienced the healing love of Jesus? Do you feel it right now? Where do you need healing in your life? Again, is it something that you're going through or something you already did? Is it something you need to talk to God about or is it something you need to uh, plead to God about? Is it something you should have gone to the altar? This morning, um, last week, I, after I got done preaching, God told me I, I needed to go up there and pray. And guess what I didn't do? I didn't go up there and pray. This morning, guess what I did? I went up there and prayed because I know that if I don't do what God calls me to do, I've missed the boat. And I don't want to miss the boat anymore. And sometimes when you're the preacher, you're thinking, I bet they're wondering what I did. <laughs> we don't do that. We don't do that for each other. We can't do that. Listen, it doesn't matter what I did. I got a sailor that's, I, I got a sailor. I got a savior too that is, I'm getting excited. Uh-oh. I've got a savior that has, given me not just a second chance, but a 195th chance. 
And listen to me this morning. If you get those chances, don't take them for granted. Keep working. Don't be the same person you were yesterday. Be better. Be excited. Be powerful in him. Let him be the Lord who heals. If that's your testimony, start shouting it. He healed me from addiction. He healed me from grief. He healed me from anxiety. He healed me, he healed me from tiredness. Is that even a thing? I think it is. He healed me, period. And he's still healing me. Because he is Jehovah Rapha. And I can come to him. And I can see the shepherd who wants to take... Again, think of the shepherd. I don't think we really get it enough. I don't think we see him as being that, that shepherd because that means, again, like I said last week, we have to be sheep, and we don't want to be sheep. We want to be a bear. <laughs> I thought it was funny, too, just me and one person. But <laughs> thanks. I'm not a bear, although my wife might disagree with that. I'm not a bear. I am a sheep. And until I accept that, I don't recognize. Again, when you understand that the only way that a sheep can make it through this life is how? Under the shepherd's care. That's where we're going to get there. Let's keep rolling. God is my righteousness. That's a fun word. It's a word that we use in churchy things, but I don't know if we get it. It means simply this. God is right. And he is my right. He's, he's the reason that Jeff and I can get up here and tell you that you need to repent because we needed to repent. He's the reason that Jeff and I can tell you that, that abortion is a sin and we need, to start, we need to preach against it. And all God's people said, we need to preach that homosexuality is a sin and we need to preach against it. And all God's people said, we need to preach that gluttony is a sin. And all God's people said, see, that one's not as easy, is it? Because we know that one a little better. Because that might be more some of our experience. Maybe we need to be reminded that gossip is a sin. We got to understand it. We got to realize it. You need to know that you're not beyond it. What do you need to let go? What are you struggling with? The good news is it may not be what you did last year, but name it this year so you can get better, so you can say, God, help me with gluttony. Help me with gossip. Help me with anger. Help me with whatever I'm doing that takes people away from you so they can see more of me because they see you. And the only way they see me is you and me. Amen? God is my righteousness. He renews my life. He leads me along the right path for his name's sake. So here's the thing. God is the one that gives you direction. I sometimes hear Christians, I Myself, even. God, just tell me what you want me to do. Well, he does. It's all in the word. But it starts off this simple. Follow me. Live for me. You want to you know how to live for God? Just follow the example of Christ. Watch what Jesus did. Love who Jesus loved. Be kind the way Jesus was kind. Get ticked off in the temple, but not necessarily at the people, but at the way they're treating it. The way they're treating the church. We've got to stand up for the things that are right. Can I get an amen? Jehovah, this is a funny one. I think someone in the first service thought I said, I'm sitting in a canoe. And it kind of sounds like that, but I'll try it again. Jehovah, 
tsknu. Now, if you really do it right, you got to have that Hebrew guttural sound like it's, and I don't do it. That was pretty good, though, wasn't it? I didn't realize the mic would make it sound so good. I feel more better about it. Jehovah, there we go. The Lord, please pray for Dave. Pray for Jeff. He has to put up with me and pray for Amy. She's waving her head, yes. The Lord of our righteousness, Jeremiah 33, 16. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell in safety. And this is the name by which she will be called the Lord our righteousness. I, I, I ask you today, do you know that you know that God is right? I had somebody tell me recently, they said, most of the Bible's right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't know how to take it. I was like, what, what do you mean? I go, well, some of it's a little dated. And I wanted to take them and pray for them. Um, maybe not. Pray for me. I wanted to let them see what the Word of God looks upside their head. But and all God's people say, the Bible is still relevant today as it was yesterday, as it was 10,000 years ago, as it was at the very beginning of time. The Word of God is relevant. It can help you. It can teach you. It can remind you. It can give you hope. It can give you peace. It can give the Lord is my righteousness, and His Word is right. And I need to proclaim it. I need to teach it. I need to preach it. I need to live it. I need to shout it. I need to scream it. God is my righteousness. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell in safety. And this is the name by which she will be called the Lord, our righteousness. So is God your righteousness today? Do you see that he is right? And you can share that with each other. One of the things that I think we miss in church is we get to share these things together. We're a body of believers that can come together. And when that's done right, that is a powerful thing. But somewhere the church has lost some power. Not this one, but I see it. And I think the reason is we're not standing up for the things that are right. We're not standing up for the things that he has called us to be, and that's to be a righteous people, different. We need that in our life. The next thing is God is my identity. I don't know about you, but I can sometimes, I know this will shock some of you, but I have insecurities. <laughs> so yeah, three of you laugh like you, you knew that already. Thanks. We all do. We all have insecurities. We all, and, and the problem is when we don't understand that our identity can only come from God. We let this world beat us up. Let me tell you what Vance Havner says. He's one of my favorite ministers. And a buddy of mine, Chris, who's over there, told me I, that some of these guys have their own, like, podcast. And I was like, I hate to tell you, Chris, he's dead. But apparently they take their own sermons and they put them on there. So now they're still alive and they have their own podcast. That's pretty cool. I hope someday when I'm gone out of this world, Dave has his own podcast still. In saying that, Vance Havner said this, God uses broken things. It takes broken soil to produce a, a crop, broken clouds to give rain, broken grain to give bread, broken bread to give strength, 
It is a broken alabaster box that gives forth perfume. It is Peter weeping bitterly who returns to greater power than ever. Man, that's what I need. I need to be broken before God because that is my identity. Let me just tell you guys, I'm a mess. But even in my messiness, I have a Messiah that has changed my everything. And I don't take that for granted. And I don't know how to say it any more clear. I wish I could give it specifics, but it's more than that. One of my favorite uh, preachers, Tony Evans, he did a sermon and they, they made it into a video. And, he, and he, at the end of it, he shouts out, that's my king, right? And I think sometimes we need to start shouting to, the, to, to, to everyone, that that's my shepherd, He's my shepherd. That's my shepherd that changes these things, that makes a hurt person become whole, become healed, because he is my identity. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. One translation said, even though I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger. Can I tell you why? Because I love this imagery that God gives us about who he is. He's got a rod and a staff. That means he's going to knock the fire out of somebody. Anybody else? I like that. Does anybody else? It, maybe it's the guy in me. It's a barking thing. But I just like if somebody messes with me, if I'm loving God, he just knocks them down. Because his rod and, they, and, and his staff, they protect me. They, they watch over me. They give me the, the peace they give me, the hope they give me, my identity. Can I get an amen? So no matter what dark valley I go through, his rod and staff, they should comfort me. So as we're understanding who he is, one of the things that we need to understand about our shepherd, it should give us some comfort. And if you're living in turmoil, I'm not judging the best way to find peace to that turmoil is to let, let the shepherd take care of you. Let him remind you that he, he's got you. Let him remind you that he's your identity, not this world. Not what this world tells you you should be. Not the fancy things or the fancy stuff. It's just a God who loves you with everything he's got. Amen? Jehovah Shema, which means the Lord is there. I want you to know this morning that God's in the details. He, he knows everything. He understands it all. He sees the littlest of ladybugs and the biggest of elephants. Aren't you glad? Man, that's just imagery for me. I love that he sees the little and sees the big, and he says, I love them all. He says that with every one of us. In verse 35 of Ezekiel 48, the city shall be 18,000 cubits round about. And the name of the city from that day shall be, the Lord is there. There's a lot to that text. But it's saying, when you do what I tell you to do, I'm showing up. I'm there. We ask sometimes, why isn't God showing up in our churches? Because I don't know if we've asked him to come. I don't think we've asked him to show up. I need him to show up in my life. How many of you need him to show up in your life? How many of you, if you're honest, you need to get up here and you need to get real with him and you need to get your past and put it on the altar and get your hurts and put them on the altar and get your fears and what? Thanks, Bill. Just me and Bill. He got me first service too. That's good. 
So what do you need to do? Bill, put it on the altar. There's at least four of them. We're getting there. Are you going to do it? The only way you can do that, the only way you can come for, the only way any of us can do it is we realize it's not about me. But we live in a selfish society. And we are a selfish people. We need to understand that the best thing that we can do is make our life about God, not about us. When we do that, we can say he is Jehovah Shema, which means the Lord is there. The next one, I probably, for me, got more out of it than any of them. And, and honestly, when I, <laughs> after the first sermon, I was, still wasn't sure if I should have preached this sermon, but hopefully we're doing better the second sermon. And the, one of the things that God told me was I was doing three different ways, and then all of a sudden I, I prayed. I was like, Lord, what do you want? And, and I, I heard the 23rd Psalm, and I don't know if that's from God or if it's maybe I, I ate the wrong thing, but I heard it. So I knew that's where God wanted me to go, and I, and I, and I felt that. So I started studying it, and I started looking at the names of God, and I started really trying to figure out. And then I was like, God, I want to make sure this is from you. And I looked on Facebook, which I don't recommend you doing that, but I did. And Jeff Gaines' post was that we should pray through the 23rd Psalm for our. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. I think I'm supposed to preach the 23rd Psalm. Maybe it's just for me. But I think it's important that we get it and that we understand it. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. Can I just tell you, I don't know if we really understand this because our culture doesn't really relate to this. And if you go back in history, you can learn more about this. And I, I'm starting to get it. But I, I think even in like in colonial days when they would fight, they would have people that had the flags, right? And they'd have their flags and you'd have the flags of whatever you're from, whatever country. And that's kind of the same concept. It's your banner. The banner is the flag, and, and it's the banner bef that goes before you that, rep that, you re that you are represented by. And so think of it that way, and you think that the Lord is my banner. All of a sudden, I'm ready to go to war, right? I mean, I'm ready to fight, right? I realize that he's my banner. And you got to understand, in Exodus 17, 15 through 16, they were... They were, they were getting beat up. They had a foe. They had an enemy. And Moses built an altar and named it, The Lord is my banner. He said, Indeed, my hand is lifted up toward the Lord's throne, and the Lord will be at war with the Amalekites from generation to generation. Moses is saying, he, He's not going to mad him now. From generation to generation. That's my Jesus. That's my God. He's my banner. Literally, they had something that represented that. They saw the, the smoke. They saw everything going up because they knew that God was with them. Sometimes I think we've forgotten God's still with us. And if he's with us, he's our banner. And he doesn't just be with us. He's fighting with us. He goes ahead of us. He's in front of it all. And all God's people said, I... I love this. I need to work on this. Sometimes I try to go to war by myself, and guess what happens? I get beat up. I, I think I'm doing it with God, but I forget. He's, he's the one that has to have it. He's the one I got to give it. If I'm going to do anything good in this world, it's only because of my father. 
And if I don't recognize that, and if I don't make him my shepherd in that way, I won't feel the protection that he's given me with his rod and his staff. I need to know that he's fighting for me, with me, even through me sometimes. And all God's people say, the next one is God is my goal. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There is so much to this text. In this, I want to talk about the Lord who sanctifies, Jehovah Makadish, which means this. It means sanctification. That's a fun word, isn't it? Word of the day. I wish we, ding, word of the day. Listen, it just means this, holiness. What's holiness means? It means set apart. So sanctification is us being set apart to be God's. We are to be set apart. We are to be his. In Leviticus 28, it says, you shall keep my statues and practice and practice them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. That means he's the Lord who sets me apart. Do you know what? My, my name has changed. It's no longer Dave. It's Christian. Christ follower. Don't start calling me Christian. I know somebody will do that. That's good. But that's my identity is I am a Christ follower. I am his. How many of you know that, that, that we're going to stand before God someday? And I don't know about you, but I'm excited and I know there's only one way I can be excited is because when I know that I stand in judgment before God my Father, all I need to know is when I hear Jesus say, he's with me. I don't know about y'all, I'm going to be goofy in heaven. I am, because I'm going to be crying. And, oh, I know you're not supposed to cry. I'm going to cry when he says, He's with me because I'm going to scream out, I'm with him. The only way to make that work is I got to do it now. I'm with him. Don't you love it? Have you ever seen those, like the fights when they have these, these kids fighting? There's this little guy getting ready to face this big guy, and all of a sudden the big guy runs away. And what he didn't realize, there's about four big guys behind the little guy. And that's why he ran away. I got God behind me, y'all. Y'all better run. Because I've got the Father of heaven that supports me, that loves me, that gives me grace, that gives me hope, that gets me fired up. We need to start watching and looking and sharing and telling and getting fired up a little bit more. He is the Lord who sanctifies Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Not that I've already reached the goal or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Get that imagery in your head, will you? He's a shepherd that wants to hold on to you. Are you letting him? The thing is, have you ever seen, like, in, I like watching other parents. I don't like it when, I, when parents watch me, but I like when other parents, and they got that one kid, and you know that one kid that's a wild child, you know the one? And they're, like, trying to get away from you, and they're going 18 different directions. It seems like they have more than two arms and two legs, but, like, 18 of them, and they're just like, wah. And sometimes, 
Sometimes I think we're trying to do that instead of realizing that just let God hold you. Quit fighting so hard. Quit, quit arguing. Quit just let God hold you. One of my favorite singers, Rich Mullins, talks about how he is the maker of peace. He is the one that has, has, has literally made it for you. He's given you all these names so you can recognize him. If you think you're having a good day, when you have it with God, it changes everything. Verse 13, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but I do one thing, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me, reaching towards what is ahead. That's throughout the scripture. It tells us, fix your eyes on Christ Jesus. He's the author and perfecter of your faith, Hebrews 12, 1. It's saying I need to look up. I need to look to him. I need to quit looking at all the things that I've done wrong. How many of you beat yourself up? We talked about that, but you do. You still do. And you know that you have forgotten that you've got Father in heaven, the shepherd of shepherds watching over you. Be happy. I, I can laugh. I can smile. I can love one another because I got Jesus on my side. And not only is he on my side, he's got me. He gets me. I had to forget all that crud, all that stuff, that thing that eats you up, that makes your stomach heart hurt. Forget it. Give it up. Verse 14 says this, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call to Christ Jesus. It's a good New Year's sermon, right? That right there, I need it. Just that text is what I meant to say. That right there is a text that I can put on my refrigerator. Lord, remind me that you are my shepherd. So what I want to do, we're getting ready to have a time of invitation. I'm going to have um, the gang come up here. We're going to sing together. And as we do it, I just want to challenge you as these guys come up to, to, to ask yourself, where do I need to be a better sheep? <laughs> Where do I need to be honest? Where do I need to, to let go of? What do I need to let go of? Maybe I need to get up here and pray with somebody. Maybe I need to get up here and talk to somebody. Maybe I just need to realize that when I do that, surely goodness will follow me the rest of the days of my life. And all God's people say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in one. Stand with me and pray. Lord, I love this psalm, and I love what it says. May we listen to it. May we recognize your names. May we see it throughout the Old Testament and the different Hebrew words, and may we understand that we need to see you in these ways. May we realize you're the God that, that goes before us. You're our banner. You're our peace. You're our healer. You're the one that loves us and helps us find identity because it's of who you are, not because of who we are. So God, I just pray right now. There, I know there's people right now that are hurting, tired. Maybe they're here with us or they're online watching. God, I, I just pray that you just help them right now. You just help us to get real with you, that we, we know who you are and that we uh, trust you in that. So, Father, as we have a time of worship and we 
sing together. May we sing with reckless abandonment, saying, God, we believe you. We believe in you. We believe you love us. May we act like that this year. May we share that with a world that so desperately needs to hear it. I love you, Jesus. It's in your name I pray and all God's people say.